Hey everyone, welcome back to Accord Tattoos and Rosé, where we go through and discuss all things romanticy with Madison and me, Blake. Um, this is our 134th episode. You know, hang on, let me double check. I'm 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 confusing myself. I might have that wrong. I'm not good with numbers, guys. No, hang on. No, I'm right. I'm right. I'm right. Okay. I don't know. I said it, and you know how sometimes you say it, and then you're like, and then you're mm, that seems about wrong. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So okay. Today we're doing chapter 68 of Silver Flames. As always, we curse, we spoil things, we talk about whatever the fuck we want. Um, this episode does have um, some trigger warnings, so just so everyone's aware, there will be a discussion of um, rape, sexual abuse, and uh, physical abuse. Um, so just, just a heads up, there are some heavy parts to this chapter. Um, completely understand if this isn't the, uh, the episode for you, we will see you next week. Now, with that, before we jump in, though, last week's, like, last week's episode was our deep dive theory episode, which was super fun because we were, like, rapid fire just shooting, like, just crazier and crazier theories that we just love to keep doing. Wasn't that exciting? I like it. I like it. But before that, we left off with chapter 67, which, Mads, what, what was chapter 67 about? Okay, so chapter 67 was Nesta and Emery are pretty much just fighting to get to Gwyn. And they see, like, these Illyrian warriors are trying to trap them, clearly, because they have, like, Gwyn's nightgown, like, on a post. And they're talking mad shit. And so then they were like, oh, mm mm-hmm. So then Emery and Nesta, like, take down these two fuckers. And then suddenly, like, Gwyn is there, like, oh, I knew you'd come. Blah, blah, blah. Let me be creepy. Blah, blah, blah. (laughs) Um, And then that's what led us into our big Gwyn discussion. Yeah, yeah. So, guys, the Gwyn discussion today, it's, it's, we're walking a line here. I was telling Madison before we started recording is like, I still hold that something is off. I'm sorry. Just the way the puzzle pieces come together, something is off. But that does not negate the awful backstory we get in this chapter that is according to Gwen, her backstory, regardless of who it happened to, it's horrible. Um, but as we know, there are theories and we kind of touched on it last time when we talked about it, that like it maybe is, it did happen to Gwen and we are not speaking with Gwen or it's happened to her sister, you know? So like, we just want that out in the air from the get go. Like it, it's, it's tough. It's tough, you know, like, cause I wouldn't think SJM would, I think it's such a story. Sister's backstory. Yeah, I think that's. Yeah, I think yeah, I and like yeah, yeah. I it's. I don't know. I don't know. So, starting off strong, and it kind of leads right from the discussion from chapter sixty-seven. Chapter sixty-eight. All three are together. That's great. We're good. That's that's fantastic. Um, but. So we find out, remember, the big thing was, like, how did Gwyn survive the first, like, night or two in the trees when the Illyrians were getting picked like apples, you know, just. Um, and Gwyn has a, um, a long stretch of rope she found. And Nesta's just like, oh, it must be, like, it was for, like, the, the queen, uh, Brylin, like, left it for the Illyrians to use to, like, you know wrap up their captives or something but like again very convenient but it isn't plausible explanation like oh rope yeah so she had been binding herself to the trunk of it she'd climb a tree and then bind herself to the trunk 
pretty smart, pretty smart. Um, luckily, the rope was long enough that all three of them are doing that. And that way they can bind themselves to the tree. But, like, they're they're so tight against it, you can actually sleep. Granted, I mean, uncomfortably, for sure. But it, it it's a thing that happens, you know? Yeah. Um, so, Emery is asking the question we're all wondering... How do you avoid the creatures climbing up to eat you? And she literally says, like, the Illyrians were picked off the branches like apples. Like, how do you survive that? And Gwen, Gwen just goes, and she always has an answer ready. Always. Mm -hmm. Maybe because I don't smell like an Illyrian. But then she even undermines her own answer. She frowns and goes, despite these, because she's soaked in Illyrian blood, wearing Illyrian clothes that she stole. And then she looks at Nesta and she goes, you don't either. Um, if we're lucky, we, like, our mask will, our sense will mask Emery's. So she's given an explanation and then made it, given a plausible, like, hmm, like, I don't know why, given I'm wearing this, but thank God it works. Hopefully we can protect Emery. So she's, like, given the explanation, cast out, which makes it more likely that she's, you know, if somebody cast out on their own statement, it's more likely that they're being truthful. Yeah. And then swings it back to be like, oh, but we can protect Emery with it to explain that. I'm just, I'm just saying. And Nessa just goes, oh yeah, perhaps. And just like, doesn't think about it. Um, It's just like too convenient. Like, oh yeah, yeah, but like, I'm not going to say anything about it. Yeah. I think Nessa at this point is just happy to be with her friends and is like, just not going. like hundred percent. So then um, Gwen's like, Okay, tell us about the right to Emery. Because obviously Emery's an Illyrian, right? Like, she, she's she been told. So she's, we find out, like, with Illyrians, basically, like, any male, like, it's almost like the, like, old, like, older uncle that you have that his glory days were in high school football. And no matter, yeah, like, wow. every Thanksgiving, he's like, remember when I won, like, the, the homecoming game in 1990-whatever, 1980-something, you know? And, like, oh, like, that is what the right is for the Illyrians. They all talk about, like, right. the... The people they killed, um, like the beasts, they like all of their like escapades, right? Um, but we do find out that literally all of the Illyrians, because remember, only like twelve people have made it to the base of uh, Ramil, the sacred mountain, for them, and then Cassian, Reese, and As made it to the top, and they're hated for it. We already kind of knew that, but like Emery confirms, like hated. And so Gwen is, you know, asking what we're wondering, like, is the mountain that hard to climb? Like, I think the big part is getting there. And apparently it's literally a cheese grater of just jagged rocks that you have to climb. Now, I want to pause right here because I always see and I understand I do how everybody's like they trained for months. And you're telling me these three like high fit, like these three females like win the whole thing, blah, 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 blah. I do agree that it's like a little bit. A little bit hard to believe, but a couple things. One, the queen kind of rigged it in a way because she was okay with them making it there so she could be there to confront them. Two, even with the magic suppressing them, they still had the bracelets to help them get to each other. Gwen's got something going on. I'm sorry. I'm I'm just saying. like She's got something. Nessa's still got something. Um, I think it really, really helped that Nesta woke up early and um, Gwen did too. Um, Like there's something, but I think what everybody overlooks is the Illyrians in the right, while they may like kind of Hunger Games style, get some little cohorts together. 
those cohorts don't defend each other. If there's any type of like issue, it's every male for themselves. There's no teamwork, none. Like they still within the cohorts, we've heard like they fight, they argue within themselves, like all of this. The whole thing with the Valkyries is they fight as a unit. They fight and survive as a unit. And I think people, and I know it's kind of cheesy. It's like, oh, the power of friendship. But like, I really do think that's a very big part. And we see it of why they make it as far as they do. We see a perfect example of it at the end of this chapter. Yeah. You know what I mean? So I feel like people, like, that's just my two cents. I understand. And also it's fantasy. So there is always that degree of suspension of disbelief anyways. Right. But like, I'm just saying. I'm just saying. So. um, Yeah. Mountain would have worked out well if they all died. Yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> so, like... The story of gone, really. <laughs> yeah. So, okay, Mountain is a cheese grater. Um, and then Emery's like, also, remember, like, we heal like humans, which, you know, ugh, puny humans, you yeah. know? And so Emery's like, we'll be lucky to make it to the pass of Anelius in one piece. And Nesto, like, all of us readers are like, the pass of what now? So, here's, like, the Illyrian tale, which... As soon as you read it, especially after Sky and Breath, you're like, ah, right, right, right. (laughs) Oh, okay, clever. Yeah, clever, clever. So, long ago, they don't have a precise date for it. Of course not. Um, A great war was fought between the Fae and the ancient beings who oppressed them. Daglin. Um, (laughs) I.e. Asteri. So, um, even, so I just want, even the Illyrians have their stories that are about the Asteri. They just call them ancient beings, Daglin, whatever, on Corinthian, right? So, one of the key battles was, for some reason, these ancient beings were desperate to get to the stone at the top of the mountain. Hmm. It's almost like it could be, like, a ward gate to other worlds, maybe? That they were trying to go to find a home to get back to their home. Who knows? so anyways <laughs> like maybe <laughs> maybe i don't know it seems seems suspicious um and then emery literally says they were never taught the reason why which means that the fae probably didn't realize or it was lost to history whatever but it probably is like the fae couldn't figure out why they wanted the top of the mountain they just were like if you want this you're not fucking getting it it's not good for us if you get it probably or like they could bring people in through it that's probably what it was is they wanted to get to the stone to use the gate to bring more of their people in which they would have lost the war than the Fae would have. So, um, apparently, the the pass to the top kind of uh, forms a natural, like, uh, archway, right? So, it's a funnel effect, which is, if you're outnumbered, you want a funnel effect because it's easier for you to defend, right? Well, Aenelius was a young um, Illyrian warrior who he literally got in that arc, uh, archway and just battled for days. Sad note, he did die. Um, but he held them off long enough that, um, other allies are a- were able to reach Ramil. So they kept them from getting to the top, which no matter what, if the Asteri want something, it's best to not let them get it. No matter what it does. Let's just. Yeah. We should just, just keep it go. away. Yeah. So that is like the passive Aenelius, like his bravery is lived on. So that. Okay. Nice story. Nice story. And so Nesta, like, has a fleeting thought, which I think is cute, but also kind of sad because I don't want to think about it. She's like, Cassian's name would last through history. Oh! And I don't... And then, she, but then, this shows some growth. Like, her Valkyrie is coming through. She's like, would her own? Some small part of her wished for it. 
Yeah, get that glory. So, <coughs> excuse me. Um, we find out there's a couple different ways to get up to the top. Um, you know, the path that goes through the, like, um, what, what are they, what is it? Uh, passive Aenelius. Um, that path is called the breaking. It's the hardest one. I mean, like, good point, like sure. It. Yeah, I don't know about you. Like, I don't know. Okay, so, um, and this is, of course, like, of course, that's the one that our bat boys took. Like, of course, they took the hardest one. Um, and so they're like, okay, we'll take watches. No, no. So um, they, they, they hear some beasts and they're like, oh, shit, let's go quiet. Um, even though <laughs> Gwen's with you, so no beast is magically going to come near you for some reason. But whatever. So anyways. <laughs> um, also, they were able to eat. I just want to, I'm just going to keep noting it. They'd eaten a meager meal of some roast squirrel that Gwen had managed to pilfer from an unsuspecting Illyrian. Right. Okay. Can we talk? She's just too good about this. Sure. Do you find it ironic Uh that like Gwen was able to finish, but Nesta was cut off by the queen? Yep. 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 I already made a a note for that in my for when we get to that chapter. Like we're Yeah, when we get to that chapter, I already was like, so cute. Okay, go on. Yeah, yeah, I was a little like, huh. Um, and again, guys, us, I just want to make it clear, because at least one person will be like, oh my god, we're not coming, us coming at Gwen with some suspicion here, or just kind of like the weird pieces, is not in any way undermining the backstory that we hear. If we're wrong, we're wrong. Regardless, if she is evil, good for her, because her backstory is awful. That would push you to some evil shit. Like, that could push you to some evil shit. So, like, I just want to make that clear. So, we're on the fourth day. A lot has happened also. I just want to... A lot has happened for four... Three full days in the fourth day. You know, like the time... Time is a construct, you know? So, they wake up. Um, Emery... Or Gwen climbs to the top of the tree to be like... You know, I'm imagining in my head the spider monkey from Twilight. I don't know why. Where they're like at the top of the tree. And she's just like looking around. She's like, aha! Shut the fuck up! (laughs) So, she's like, aha! Top of the mountain. We're good. That way. Um, and Gwen, so what she sees is, um, there's a massive ravine nearby. She didn't see anyone else. And it magically has a small wooden bridge to get across the ravine. Um, and she's like, we have to be in, she makes a good point. She's like, look, again, Illyrians are all for themselves. So she's like, nobody else must have found it because they would have destroyed the bridge so nobody else can get across the ravine. Right. Which is fair. So Gwen's like, we got to get there before anyone else. Again, solid strategy, just convenient. Very yep. convenient. Um, and Nesta's, like, making sure she's armed, everything like that, making sure they're armed, and, like, they're trying to figure out how far it is. And they're like, look, if we walk, it's going to take forever. We don't really have that time. Um, somebody else could get to it. But if we run, we're going to draw attention to ourselves no matter how quietly you run. Like, they can still, like, it's yeah. louder, right? So they decide they're going to run. Um, and so... They start running. They get close to where the um, bridge is. And lo and behold, there's six males. Um, and so Gwen's like, do you think they know about the bridge? <laughs> and as soon as she says it, the males start sprinting towards said bridge. So, like, safe to assume they know about the bridge, right? 
So they all are like, fuck! So it's like a mad dash. They're sprinting, trying to beat him to the uh, to the bridge, but they were the males were ahead of him. So Nessa's like, wait, we, instead of trying to, like, they're coming at two different sides, right? If you think about it, like, two mm-hmm. sides of a triangle to the point is the bridge. Nessa's like, nah, we gotta cut across and intercept them. Like, forget the bridge for now. We gotta kill these bitches. So, um, they go full fucking Valkyrie on them, but right. the whole fight is them working as a unit. That is how everybody's like, they would never be able... Because, like, an SJM even makes a point to be, like, Nessa takes down an Illyrian male that was, like, a foot taller than her. And everybody's like, that's not, like, Paul. They've trained their whole lives. She does it because she's working. She's able to cut him off and make him fall down where Gwen is waiting to literally just stab that bitch through the chest. It is teamwork, guys. Teamwork. Yeah. Um, They use each other, like, um, they use the shield that one of them has... Um, Gwen's able to like call Nesta's name so Nesta like knows somebody's coming from behind is able to whirl around like it's a whole thing so um, they they kill them all right they're splattered I love this they're splattered in blood their enemies are dead at their feet they're chilling and they look and Emery's eyes are like blazing you know she's got that like adrenaline rush and she goes Valkyries and Nesta just grins and goes hell yes and I'm like oh I'm thriving. So like boss ass bitch. Boss ass bitches, ma'am. Boss. Now, we forgot in our, um, I completely forgot about this because I block it out because it annoys me. Um, all while this is going on, Cassian and Az are, uh, trying to figure out what's going on with Eris, uh, yeah. with Queen Brywin's castle and they're, we've already talked, we, if, go back and listen. Just invited in. Yeah, yeah just, yeah, just go back and listen. They're, uh, as is not being very smart, but then Cassian also is just very, very, very um, distracted, obviously. Which I did have somebody message me, and I forget who it was, apologies in the moment, um, that was like, it's very, like, it's super, like, sus and out of character for As to be this, like, odd. And so then I was like, oh, yeah, it probably feeds into, like, people have a theory that As is evil, actually. Oh, I thought you were going to say it feeds into the theory that, like, As and Gwen are mates. Oh, no, no, no. Yeah, I mean, he I, would be distracted if his mate was Oh, uh, I guess maybe, but, like, no, I, I immediately went to, like, the theory that, like, well, this is, like, not who he seems. Um, that's cute. <laughs> no. That's cute. No. Yeah, either one you will not like. But, anyways, so we flash to Cassian and Az. They've literally just been chilling for four fucking days. Remember, like, magically some tap, like, some villager within the city or whatever, like, the walled-in area where the castle like, is. cool, come in. Yeah, I was like, hey, cool. Yeah, no, like, we haven't seen anybody leave. Like, he's given all of the tea magically of what they want. And, like, oh, yeah, like, you can come. Like, there's somebody's going to be. Yeah, somebody's going to be leaving. So, like, you could, you know, like, go there. Like, whatever. So, as is, of course, just chilling. I'm just imagining these two in, like, an old Pontiac on the streets of Chicago eating stale donuts and smoking, like, chain smoking on watch is, like, two old detectives. That's what I vision envision in my head. Because they're on like a stakeout. That's what I'm envisioning. Because they're, I think it'd be. You're having supernatural vibes, but with old men. Oh, that'd be funny. Yeah, I don't know. I just am like making it funny in my head because I I dislike it. Uh, Brooklyn Nine Nine. Brooklyn Nine Nine. Okay, wait. Who would they be? Oh my god! Wow. Okay. Hmm. I think as is Captain Holt. Because he's got that zinging humor every now and then, but like deadpan. No, as is Rosa. As is definitely Rosa. As, as is, is Rosa. fucking Rosa. Yeah. Ooh, who's Cassian? I almost want to say like mildly Gina. 
I, Gina, but then, um, uh, Sergeant, um, Jeffers. Yeah. Yes. Right. Yeah. Like Those a two combined. Like a little. Combined. Like- yeah. 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 Like yeah. Sergeant Jeffers, but like when he's feeling sassy, like Gina. Yeah, they'd be Brooklyn nine nine nine. No. <laughs> Brooklyn sixty nine. You know sixty nine. Brooklyn sixty nine. There it is. That's the <laughs> that's the new mashup. Um <laughs> But, like, you know what I mean? Like, I'm just imagining them because, like, Cassian's, like, grumpy as fuck. Az is just chilling, like, yeah. sharpening his blade. Like, it's just funny. Um, And Az is, like, of course, he's, like, you know people don't, like, engage in evil doing just because, like, when it's convenient for you, right? Like, that's not how this works. And Cassian's just, like, oh, this is so boring. Um, And Az just goes. I wonder, like, what he's thinking about, like. I don't know. Like, I don't think I'd want to know. Because he does like just a lot of sneakouts and a lot of spying. Right? Because as is literally, yeah, he just goes, it suits me. And his, his shadows are just chilling by his feet. And I'm like, well, literally you were like made yeah. for it, but okay. Um, And Cassian literally is just like, can we just like peek inside the castle? We should just go and peek inside the castle. And as is, I'm imagining as being like just this, this close. Gina. This is yeah. Gina. Yeah. Yeah. I'm seeing as like so close to losing his patience, just trying to like deep breathe himself through the annoyance, and he's just like stabs, stabs Cassian real quick. Let that heal. Shut the fuck up. Yeah, shut, shut the fuck up. Um, he literally just reminds him the castle is heavily guarded. Like it's full of magical traps. Like it, it like Brylin has. There's so many reasons. Magically, magical traps heavily warded. Anyways, Queen Brywin has the crown, and he's like, "I am not about to tell Reese and Feyre why you died on my watch, let alone like try to tell Nesta." Oh, and oh, so yeah. then Cassian just to be in that. No, Cassian just stops and he goes, oh, "You think she's still alive?" That's all he hears is that he thinks Nesta would be alive to tell, and the question haunted him with every breath these last few days. So Az is like, you know if she died, he looks at him and he taps Cassian's chest with, and he's like, right here, you'd know Cass. So I feel like that's a subtle way of Az, like, being like, I know your mates. Like, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, he's, like, acknowledging it. And Cassian, like, he's not wrong. There are plenty of other unspeakable things that could be happening to her, to Emery, and Gwen. He's not wrong. Luckily, there's not, I mean, they've had some rough days, but not as bad as it could be. At that, the shadows around Az deepen, his siphons start gleaming, like, he doesn't like thinking about it, and he's, he basically is like, we trained them well, like, we did everything we could, trust in the training, like, they're bad, he's literally, like, they're badass, like, trust in it. And then, lo and behold, there's movement at the castle, somebody's leaving. Um, They start flying up to get cloud cover, but can still see... And they only need one glimpse. It's a small caravan. Um, it's heading through, like, a, it's it's out of the, the gates. It's going down a dirt road. And Cassian's like, wait a second. I thought there was supposed to be, like, a prison wagon. Like, aren't we supposed to be trying to rescue Aris and the soldiers? Like, where's the prison wagon? And as quiet venom in his voice, they don't need one. Why? Because there's a white horse at the front of the party Eris is writing. Just do, 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 do. But, uh, guys, we said it before. These, Az and Cass are not on the top of their game. Not on the top of the game. Because he's writing side by side with a hunched, 
small figure. Who is that? Who knows? Who knows? So, of course, they 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 immediately assume the worst. They're like, stupid asshole. But Cassian thinks he's snared by the crown. Which would... I mean, you're still stupid for getting ensnared, but, like, would explain it. And Az is like, no, he's got... Remember, he has that made dagger. And he's like, if he had, if he was enthralled, he would have handed over that dagger because it's powerful. Remember, it's made, Nesta made it, whatever. So Cassian's like, oh, maybe the, having a made object does actually help against the crown. Good to know. Good to know. But then, of course, they just believe the worst automatically. They're like, that's it. I, we shouldn't be surprised. We're going to grab him. We'll tear him apart. Fuck that guy. And Azrael's like, again, calm down. Uh, follow him. If we, you know, kill him now, we won't get information. So Az is like, we got to trail him, figure out what's going on, how far this betrayal goes. Like, we got to figure out what is drive. Who are they meeting? Like, why would they leave the castle, right? And Cassian's like, that's logical. Fair, fair, fair. So, like, they're, that's where we are there. All right. Now. Back to the fucking sprint to the bridge. They killed the one group that they intercepted. So now they're back on the route to the bridge. And lo and behold, another group of males has found it. I mean, I would also want to bridge across the ravine and try, instead of trying to figure out how to get across. So I, I understand it's popular. And so they're like, okay, let's go, let's go. Except this group, bow and arrow. Is this bridge rebuilt every year? No, that's the thing is it's, that's what sus is like, why is the bridge there? It seems like if it was rebuilt every year, then more of the males would try to go that way. You yeah. know what I mean? But it sounds like this bridge is not supposed to be there. Here's a gift. Yeah. Yeah. So um, these males, though, uh, yeah, they've got bows and arrows. It's a little bit harder to outrun people if they're behind you with bows and arrows because you know what they can do? Shoot you. So they're like, oh, shit, oh, shit, oh, shit. Um, so Emery is ahead of Nesta, then Nesta, then Gwen. Gwen gets shot through the, like, I guess in the thigh. I don't know if it's through. Hang on, let me see, let me see, let me see. I want to make sure. Through, oh no, through. So it's like, through the thigh. Um, and so Gwen is like, no, just cut it. Go, go, go. Because they're getting, like, Emery and Nesta are to the bridge. They're, she's like, cut it, cut it. And Nesta's like, get the fuck up. <laughs> Um, Gwen's trying to get to her feet, but, like, it, it becomes clear, like, she will not get across in time. Like, right. there's, there's no way. So, Nesta's like, oh, okay. So, she tells Gwen, she takes the Illyrian bow that she has, she ties, um, a length of rope. To, this is very smart thinking, very quickly. Ties, an, um, the end of the rope that they were using to bind themselves to the end of an arrow, gives the other part to Gwen, or to Emery, and is like, go across, tie it to, um tie it around a tree and then loop it around yourself like anchor basically yeah. she's making an anchor um and emery like as nest is preparing with this um arrow emery's like what the fuck we didn't learn archery and here we go my sister taught me a long time ago because remember favor mentioned before that she had tried to teach like the hunting and the the shit to uh nesta yeah and she never thought that Nesta paid, like, that much attention. Well, lo and behold, Nesta... <laughs> the car break! The miscommunication between the two sisters is horrible. Because, oh, like, they both... They, oh, they both have such drastically different pictures of each other than how the other one actually views them. Oh, okay. So, 
Nesta aims, she takes her time, she remembers all of her training, and the arrow sails and lands right at Gwen's feet, which is what we needed. And Gwen, like, figured, like, Gwen's like, ah, okay, because she's watching what's doing, grabs the rope, wraps it around her middle as tight as she can, ties it, like, she's running for the bridge as she's doing this. Well, like, I feel like she's, running would be a strong word. I know that's the the word used in the book, but, like, she's got an arrow through her thigh. So, attempting running, I think is a fair point. Right, right, right. Well, yeah, let's be honest. So, she's tying the rope around her as she's trying to get to the bridge, um, Nesta drops the, uh, bow, Gwen gets to the far side and is just like, cut it, cut it, cut it, cut it, like just a chant. Um, the males are literally right behind them. They're gaining on her. Um, and so Nesta throws out a hand and Emery, cause they're a unit, knows exactly right. what she wants, throws her the sword. Nesta cuts the bridge and just hold, like grabs the rope, right? Bare hand grabs this rope, by the way. I cannot tell you how much I hate the feeling like climbing the rope in gym class and shit, the feeling of a rope against my hands. I would rather cut my hand off not to be dramatic. So she (laughs) grabs it. Be dramatic, but, but like cut it off. Um, and Gwen, you know, as she is, as the bridge cuts, Gwen is like running and like leaps. Right. So she literally like gets pulled down. There's a tug at the end of the rope and she just kind of smacks the rock face, which, not ideal, but hey, you're alive. You're not at the bottom of the ravine like most of the males that tried to run across the bridge as it got cut. Um, her palms, like Nessa's palms are on fire. She's trying to get her. Um, her and Emery are able to like pull her up, pull her up, pull her up. Um, it was a clean shot, thankfully. When they get her up, they'd see her thigh. It was a clean like through shot. Um, but like, you know, it's through the the meat of her thigh. Like not, not a great way to get... Um, well, I mean, I guess it's not great to get shot with an arrow at any time. But you know what I mean? Like, not a great spot to um, get shot. So they get her up. Uh, they they kind of inspect it. And some of the males had run, you know, idiots and fallen into the ravine. And the other ones on the, on the other side of the ravine just go, fucking bitches! Like, really? Like, that's so uncreative. Like, come on. And I love Emery so much. I loved her before this. But this moment here, fucking love it. Oh, shut up. Find something new to call us. Like, but like, how many times just in the right have they been called bitches? Or, yeah, no kidding. Like, think like, of something else. Get think a of something creative. else. Yeah, come on. So, um, the arrow, again, is like all the way through her thigh, right? So, they're... Um, they they slide it out of the thigh, which, uh, but again, it was a clean shot. So like the arrowhead is already through her. Th- I guess it would be the front of her thigh because she was shot from behind. So the arrowhead is through the front of her thigh. They're able to just pull it through. They probably had to like, I, I would assume cut the end of the arrow off. Cause there's like the notches at the back or whatever, but they're able to get it out. Um, they take a shirt that like they had in their packs that was from a dead warrior, um, to wrap the leg, which part of me's like, that's kind of gross to wrap it in a shirt from a dead warrior. Like, I hope that shirt wasn't covered in the dead warrior's blood because that seems bad for infection. But, you know, sure. Who I, I'm not great with battlefield um, medical practices. Um, but, like, sh- they start limping towards the mountain, basically. They're like, okay, it's right. It's visible ahead of them. They have a clear target. Okay. Um, they have to stop pretty soon because, obviously, Gwen's, like, 
you know, having a rough go of it. Um, they secure themselves to a tree, just like always. They have no food. They only have some water. Not even that much. Okay. Like, it's... Wait. Do we yeah. think it's a little convenient that she got stabbed, you know, with an arrow or whatever, and they have now slowed down? And suddenly, there's movement at the castle, and, like, you know, things are just timed out too perfectly. I, I I'm, just saying. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Just saying. So, um, the next day, so day five, they are slowly, slowly walking. Um, and there's nobody, there's no other warriors, anything. Um, wow. They only have- Everyone's disappeared. Interesting. Right. So, they have water to fill their bellies, and they get into a new tree at the end of day five. So, the next day, um, like day six, they have, they've made it to the foot of uh, Ramil. So, interesting nothing to stop them right so they all the next morning nessa's like you do realize only 12 have made it this far like already they've earned the title of um oristian i'm gonna say oristian sure uh just by being there and emory says what we're all thinking like you know we could stay out up here today wait it out overnight and be done at dawn to hell with any titles which I could also, like, Emery would be the one to definitely be, like, to, she's kind of like Az, where she's not, like, proud of the Illyrian culture and shit. So, like, she would be like, fuck their titles, like, whatever, you don't need their validation. Completely understand. And Nesta makes another good point. She There's another path along, like, the base of the mountain that goes south. And she's like, we could take this because nobody's going to go that way. It goes away from the mountain. Everybody's trying to get to the mountain. Right. So, like, they could theoretically be safe. Now, guys, I completely understand. I completely understand wanting to be like, fuck it. Let's prove them wrong and get to the top of the mountain. You guys know me. I completely understand. 1,000% do I understand what Gwen is about to say. Here we go. I 1,000% understand what Gwen's about to say, but it is suspect to me that after everything we've been talking about, it is Gwen that is telling them to go. I find it way too convenient that... Nothing happened on day five. Yeah, because it's a travel day for others. So, um, and again, I understand even people on our Patreon are like, look, if you, and we've, we've acknowledged this, we, we acknowledged this last time. If you're looking for something or looking at it through a specific lens, you are more likely to kind of like mold things to fit a narr- your narrative, right? I or, get that. Or, or it's just there. So. And again, guys, you know me. We talked about it last time. I for sure would be with Gwen on this. I'd be like, fuck that. We're here. We're at least trying. We're at least trying this fucking mountain. Fuck this mountain. But I also, again, Emery and Nesta's points, very valid. And I understand the fuck, I don't need male validation. I don't need the Illyrian's validation. I don't need their fancy towels. I'm a Valkyrie. I've already, I am a Valkyrie, plain and simple. Just saying. So, (sighs) Gwen. So we'd come all this way and just hide. Nesta is like, hey man, that's a mountain in front of us. Uh, your your thigh has a hole in it. Like, just... Oh, the evil people say shit like that. <laughs> Gwen, so rather than try and fail, you would take the safe road. Again, I understand, guys, but the context we've been building around this is sus. So, Emery, literally even Emery, who usually is like the 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 solemn logical one, but like also has overcome a lot herself. We would live. 
I'd love nothing more than to wipe the smirks off the lips of the, the males in my village. But not at this cost. Not if it costs us you, Gwen. We need you to live. Uh. Gwen just looks at the mountain. You know, it's a cheese grater surface. There's snow on its sides. There's wind all around it. Like, it's its own, like, mini biome, basically, of just hell. Um, is it living, though, to take the safe road? Again, evil. guys, even if evil. even if Gwen is not evil, I love the theme that SJM is building. I do. That, like, you know, like, challenge yourself, don't take the safe road, whatever. I, again, it's that she's the one doing it. If this was Emery saying all this after everything, I'd be like, yeah, fuck. Like, I wouldn't even say shit. I'd be like, let's fucking yeah, go. Let's fucking go. Yeah, it's us. Um, Emery, though, this is kind of interesting, but it does give us, uh, again, guys, trigger warning for some dark, dark shit coming. Emery, um, which is a bit, like, kind of crazy um, to me, goes, you're the one who's been in a library for two years. Hope. Oh! And, like, I don't think we were at the point of, like, being mean to each other yet or, like, no. arguing. So I was like, damn. Field. To be fair, they haven't had food. Like, I get mm. super hangry, too. Like, I get it. I get it. You know what? That makes sense. Yeah. So, Emery, or uh, Gwen, doesn't even flinch, though. Doesn't It just rolls off of her. Uh, she's like, I have, and I'm... Maybe because it's a lie. Ooh. Ooh. So Gwen, like, is just like, I have and I'm tired of it. I don't want to take the safe road. I want to take that road. I want to take that road that no one dares travel, and I want to travel it with you too. No matter what may befall us, not as Illyrians, not for their titles, but as something new. To prove to them, to everyone, that something new and different might triumph over their rules and restrictions. I fucking... Assuming she's not evil, I fucking love this. I do love this. Like, fuck this. This is for us. This is for something new. Fuck yeah. them. Love it. So, Emery, they call this path the breaking for a reason. Like, Emery is very much the logical one here where she's like, ah, are you looking what I'm looking at? Um, and Nesta, again, feeding it is like, we haven't eaten in days. We're down to our last water. Like, uh. And Gwen goes, I've been broken once before. I survived it and I will not be broken again. Not even by this mountain. So this statement right here, regardless of if Gwen is evil, that statement's true. Yeah. Period. That statement is true. Now, we finally get Gwen's story. This story, guys, is horrifying. Horrifying. It just makes me sick to my stomach. Start from the beginning before we jump into it. The theory that Gwen is Katrin or, like, you know what I mean, like, there was a switch here or whatever would mean that we are hearing what happened to the sister, not her. Whether the person speaking right now is technically Gwen or technically Katrin. That is the th that we've kind of touched on that theory. So, like, that's, even then, even if it was happened to her sister, I want to, <laughs> if this happened to the speaker, i.e. who we think is Gwen, if it is Gwen, we don't know. Or if it happened to her sister in front of her. Whoever it happened to is terrible. Terrible, but also to witness it is terrible. And then the survivor's guilt and everything that comes with it. So, we already knew that um, Gwen was at uh, Sangrava, which is one of the temples that was sacked by Highburn to get a piece of the cauldron. Now, one thing is we were basically told that these temples, like, 
a lot of people weren't aware of what the temples that the two, like the legs of the cauldron were at, didn't even know that they were there. I would go on further to say if it's super top secret, I don't think just a normal priestess would know that it's there. But, um... They may be able to, like, feel a power. Maybe power. I don't know what it is, you know? Yeah, it, it's... it. This is the only thing in the story that seems strange to me is that unless Gwen, after the fact, learned what they took, which is very possible, too, because, like, yeah, now Cauldron has the... Like, uh, Hybrid has the Cauldron. You, she could have, like, guessed, like, oh, it was a piece of the Cauldron. Maybe Reese had told one of the priestesses, like, Meryl or Clotho, and then they had explained. Like... I understand, but it is, that is a little weird to me that, like, all the priestesses, like, the way she tells it makes it seem like the priestesses all knew, but whatever. That's fine. So, Hibern, um, remember this, guys, this is a temple. This is a temple. Hibern attacks it in the middle of the night, uh, with a huge trove, starts just slaughtering. Yeah. Um, we find out Gwen shared a room with her twin, uh, Katrine. Um, they wake from the screaming. Hmm. We find out, uh, Katrine was the, Katrin, I don't know, guys, I'm sorry, was always the strong one. Um, the smart, charming one. Um, their mother had died when they were younger. Uh, her, easy way to get jealous over. Yeah. Um, she took care of Gwen, uh, looked out for her. So, um, Katrin, Katrine, I'm saying it different every time, but oh well. Uh, she was like, you go get the children out. Because there were freaking children at this temple, people. Children. She's like, get them out. Um, I'm going to go try to protect the temple. Um, Gwen gets to the children's dorm. The slaughter, they're making their way hall by hall. It's only a few halls away. So Gwen's able to get all of the children. She goes for one of the catacomb tunnels. It's an old tunnel, or old temple. Thank goodness there's like, you know, yeah. escape tunnels. Um, it's through a trap door in the kitchen. So the problem is, is she's, she gets all the children in, but she hears Hybrons literally right at the door. And she's like, if I go in, I won't have time to close it and hide the door. So she's like, okay, she closes the door once the children are in, covers the trap door with a table. As soon as she pushes the table, it's like one of those like tense moments in a movie. As she turns around, like they open the door. Um, so she's like, okay, um, here we go. Right. So Gwen, as she's telling this, is literally just staring at the mountain. Um, the screaming had stopped because they had killed everyone and then had hostages with them. Um, there's a couple other priestesses and Katrine. The commander walks in and was like, where are they? I want the children, especially the girls. Fucking sick <clears throat> douchebag. Ooh. Um, Gwen holds her ground and says they took the mountain, like the mountain road. They, they ran, they ran, they got, they went to get help. Oh, he didn't believe. Um, and Gwen says that he grabs, uh, Katrine because as twins, their scents were nearly identical. Identical scents. That would make sense if you stole someone's identity. I'm just saying. Um, and he's like, tell me where they are. Or I'm going to kill her. And she doesn't. Gwen holds her own and doesn't give up the children. That's the right move. I'm sorry. That's the right move. That is the right move. Especially if it is Katrine who was the strong one who told her to protect the children. She would obviously, she was willing to die to protect them. Exactly. So, exactly. Exactly. Still fucking horrifying because Katrine and two other priestesses are not just killed. They're beheaded in front of her. I'm getting, uh, I'm getting, uh, 
uh, the nurse in Throne of Glass. I'm getting flashbacks. Oh my god. Sorsha. Sorsha. Yeah, I'm getting flashbacks. That was horrible. Oh, oh, Sorsha. Um, so then he tells, mm, he tells his soldiers to quote unquote, go to work on us. And he claimed Gwen. Uh, she fought. She spat in his face. She tried to fought, fight back. Um, Gwen had not, because remember the priestesses perform their, SJMs, the priestesses in her world are very, they're very into their own sexuality, the feminine power, everything. Gwen had not yet participated in the Great Rite. She'd never, and they were in a remote temple. She'd never been with a male. Oh. So this commander takes that from her, um, in addition to everything. Um, and then he called over three of his soldiers and told them to keep going until she revealed where the children had gone. Nesta's about to throw up honestly so am i um the first was just unbuckling unbuckling his belt when as arrived i'm really glad it was as and not cassian because as we've heard even just from reese's point of view in earlier books as is the one with the creepy cold fury that will if you want a sense of justice it's as yeah. for something as bad as this people up yeah yeah he slaughters all of them within moments, didn't even hesitate. And this is where, oh, I understand a lot of people would be like, Gwen would obviously have a special place for Az. I understand her having, because he helps her up. He gives him, uh, gives her his cloak. He wraps her up in it. Um, more arrove just a few minutes later and resan. Um, and as soon as they realize, oh shit, this is where I'm like, how did she know? She goes, um... It became clear some of the soldiers had gotten away with the piece of the cauldron. So Azrael headed after them. It's just interesting to me that she would know. Like, I, but maybe they were like tasked they were, with guarding like, it. Talking about it. Maybe they yeah, were see, like it, talking about it. Maybe I. It's, I don't know. That just always threw me. But Moore heals her as best as she can, and then brought her to the library. Now remember, Resand like created the the safe space of the library, but it's really Moore's like passion. Uh, like organization essentially like that's what i think of it like a non-profit you know what i mean like it's her passion so more is the one that brought her to the library um and gwen this breaks my heart so much gwen couldn't be at a temple that's why she chose the library um because she feels that she failed her sister uh she couldn't stay to see her grave or the kitchen where like it all happens um she like gwen did go what valid yeah um it took five like during the first five months Gwen didn't speak really she didn't sing she did go to like counseling that they had um and just she said sometimes she'd sit and cry sometimes she'd scream sometimes she did nothing uh upon Clotho's request she did start working with Meryl um which as we know is the work about the different worlds which okay we'll just plugging that in um the work did start to motivate her she started to sing during the evening service so that's good nesta came along um and gwen is like i could tell something happened to you as well to nesta and she's like i signed up because uh katrine would have been the first to sign up so i did um 
but even training these months hasn't erased the fact that I let my, she feels that she let her sister die. So we find out the reason she doesn't wear the hood and the invoking stone is she doesn't think she's worthy of them. She doesn't think she's holy. She lost all of that to her. Um, that's, that's, that's just so sad. That's, that's, yeah, yeah. Um, and so then, uh, Emery takes Gwen's hand and says, you are not alone, Gwen. Do you hear me? You are not alone. Um, and the horrifyingness just keeps going. We get Emery's story. Um, we have suffered different, differently, but, so we already knew that Emery's dad was a piece of shit because he clipped piece her wings. Piece of shit. Piece of shit. Well, we find out, um... It went, the abuse went beyond wing clumping. Uh, he beat her severely, repeatedly. <sighs> he broke her back at one point. Um, and he just told people that she was ill. Um, and she, breaking her back, Emery calls one of his lesser email, evils. Oh my god. Um, the, we find out her mother was his usual target. She would try to, you know, shield Gwen from the worst of, or Emery from the worst of it. Um, except one time he beat the mo- mother too bad, so badly she did not recover. He made Gwen dig her mother's grave on a dark night and then just told everyone that the mother had died with a mis- during a miscarriage. Um, and this is what makes it just 10, it's just, Everyone believed him because he was so charming and like smart. So like everyone would be like, oh my God, you have such a good father. And Emery was like, do you want to see my scars? Do you want to see yeah. my clipped wings? Like, no. Um, and like when he finally died, she was expected to mourn him. And like everybody was like thinking she was like heartless and just a, a horrible female, you know, not worthy of the store, blah, 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 blah. Okay. Um. And she was like, they turned a blind eye to when he clipped my wings. So she knew if she tried to tell the truth, nobody, none of them would believe her. Right. right. Um, and the thing is, is um, she can still like feel like the feel of his fist of slamming her head into the wall. Like it's still with her every day. Um, he had never given her any money. She was never allowed to earn her own money. Um, he like controlled what she ate. Yeah. He basically like not the it wasn't just physical abuse to where like she can still hear him if she looks in a mirror and critiques herself or if she makes a mistake she hears his voice like it that's how bad and so she's like i came to training because he would have forbidden it i came to training to fight for the future for illyrian females i can't get my mother back i can't get what he like take away what he did to me but um you know i can i can do this and so that's when she's like I'll climb this mountain for my mother. For her, I'll face the breaking and go as far as I can. Yeah. So they look to Nesta, and Nesta finally kind of... Because remember, they Nesta hadn't fully come clean yet about everything. Right. So Nesta goes, I was sent to the House of Wind because I had become such a wretch, drinking and fucking everything in sight. Um, you know, nobody could stand me. I abused their kindness and their generosity. And she finally says... My father died during the war before my eyes, and I did nothing to stop it. And then it's just the whole thing comes out. Her whole story, every terrible thing she'd done, she'd thought. Um, she tells them about what happened in the cauldron. Uh, she told them the worst of it, like all of it. Mm-hmm. And she literally, including what she had become, how 
horrible she viewed herself and how bad she was to her loved ones because she's basically like look if they want to risk climbing this mountain with me like they should have eyes open know who they're dealing with yeah um and she braces herself when she's done for their disappointment and disgust she's ready for it she's like no i completely understand except they just hold her hands and nesta goes neither of you is to blame for what happened neither of you failed anyone right and emery goes neither did you so, you get all of their stories. You see this bond that was already there just has become ironclad now, right? Right. So, Nesta's like, okay, we climb Ramil, we take the breaking, we win to prove that to everyone that something new can be as powerful and unbreakable as the old rules. That something no one has ever seen before, not entirely Valkyrie, not entirely entirely Illyrian, can win the blood right. And at this point, we're all like, let's fucking go! We got yeah. this! Um, or Gwen says that, sorry. Nesta goes, no. And I like this even more. This makes me want to like run through a brick wall. Like, let's go. We win to prove to ourselves that it can be done. Mm -hmm. We win the whole damn thing. And she's just like got a feral grin on her face. (sighs) Let's fucking rage. Um, so yeah, we're at the mountain. We're at the worst part. Yeah, we're, we're at... Yeah, yeah, that's actually fair. Um, okay. So, yeah, that was... That's that. That's that. Cool. That's a rough chapter. That's rough. Yeah. All right, happier, hopefully. Madison, what are you currently reading? Uh, 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 let's see. I gotta open up my Kindle because I don't remember. I read a novella by Anna Weinhart because I'm still in my Anna Weinhart fix. Um, I just downloaded a couple books. I'm rereading Say My Name by Ashley James because she sent me the official arc for my Kindle. <sighs> I love it. <laughs> um, also, I did a reread of like some MF romance. You did what? I know. I know. It was What's odd. What's wrong with you? Are you okay? It felt what odd. What are you doing? What are you doing? But you I did it. It was just like late at night and like, I don't know. That's what I mean. It was just like a little Harlequin romance, you know. It was nice. Just like okay. a little, little palate cleanser, I guess. <laughs> and then I went right back. I was going to say, you're really creeping me out here with this. I don't understand. And then I went right back. So, um... Yeah, I'm currently just rereading Say My Name because it's my favorite book ever and I love it. Alright. Um, I'm a piece of shit and have barely been reading the past couple weeks. Guys, okay, I need this to be... You guys... Mads and I have been so busy the last couple weeks and the coming weeks, like, ahead. We FaceTimed yesterday for the first time in literally over a week. We had not was, seen each other's faces. I had faces. not seen her face because we had pre-recorded. Yeah, we had pre. We have to keep pre-recording because, like, I'm gone this weekend. She had a swim meet last weekend. I was in Chicago. Oh, I. Oh, I should tell the story about how I almost died because that's actually quite funny. You did almost die. Yeah. Okay. So real quick, guys. Um, I had the pleasure <laughs> of uh, I had a work training Monday through Wednesday in Chicago. Um, my firm had me fly through O'Hare, not Midway. Wednesday. Wednesday morning, we all wake up. Uh, I was fine American. Um, there was a little bit of weather hitting Chicago, but later in the day, not near flight time. So it was very strange. But something, I guess, happened with United and American to where, like, 
And I guess Southwest uh, canceled a lot. Long story short, a shit ton of flights were canceled Wednesday. Um, my, that was originally supposed to be at like four in the afternoon, four 30 in the afternoon was not canceled. So as trainings were done at like noon, me and a couple other associates from my firm headed to the airport. Um, we were going to, cause it was a couple hours and we, we had all, we all have work to do. Um, we were going to get into the Admiral's lounge for American, right. Yeah. And be like, Oh, we'll just like pay for a day pass. Um, no. So we get there. The Admiral's lounge is not accepting. They're not selling day passes for that day for some reason. Uh, the airport is a madhouse because so many fly- earlier flights were just randomly canceled in the morning. So then there was a backlog. Then out of nowhere at two o'clock, we all of us just sitting there that were on the same flight just got a notification like, hey, your flight's canceled. Not never delayed, nothing, Ugh. just canceled. So um, basically a bunch of people with me got automatically rebooked. I did not for some reason. So I call American. Luckily, my we use like a lawyer's travel thing, like a travel agency. I had, like, linked my American account with my account with them. So when I called, like, this is a props to American here. Their automated system was like, hey, we recognize this number tied to this account. Is it you? And I was like, yes. And then the, you know, the AI voice is like, oh, we see your flight was canceled. Do you need to speak to somebody to rebook it? And I'm like, obviously. Yes, I fucking do, assholes. Exactly. So I'm on the phone. My associates around me are still trying to wait to see because they got rebooked. Their automatic rebooking that American offered them was like not till the next morning and was not direct. Like they wouldn't have gotten home till 5 p.m. the next day. Keep that in mind. Like a trash. So here I'm like, oh, okay. I end up taking the last seat on an 8.34 p.m. flight. So I feel bad because my associates didn't get it. But they at least were able to rebook on a direct flight for the next morning. Well, this is a story about how I almost got me and all of my coworkers killed. I was like, hey, guys, my, like, mom's best friend is a flight attendant with Delta. Like, even though we're rebooked, get in line at the customer service and we'll put ourselves on standby for any of the earlier flights. Mm-hmm. Like, and I was like, you guys go ahead of me, obviously, because I already have an 830 flight. But, like, there was a 620 flight that I was like, we got to get on that standby list. So we wait. We get on the standby list. Great. We go sit at the gate. Um, lo and behold, even though they were eight and nine and I ended up being, or no, they were, they ended up at, cause they get priority or whatever. They yeah. ended up being 12 and 13 and I was like 16 or 17 on the standby list. Lo and behold, we get on the flight. Which honestly, I'm really surprised. I have never gotten off a standby list unless I'm in the top like three. Yeah. And if or have priority, I don't do standby often, but like I've never gotten it. It's because of all the fuck ups at O'Hare is a lot of people just didn't take the flight because they had been rebooked on it. And then they said, fuck it. Well, honestly, those people made the right choice because they bored us. We're on the plane. We pushed back and there was some storms in the area, but like these must've developed and moved so quickly because there's no way they would have boarded us. Right. I would hope. I don't know. Cause they also did what I'm about to tell you. So we get in line. We're we're out. We're not just by the gate. We're like out on the tarmac, like the runway. We're in line for takeoff. Right. We stop. The pilots come on over the intercom and are like, hey, there's some weather moving through. Like, we're we're paused for right now. They're not letting take, like, we got to wait for takeoffs because of lightning. We're like, oh, okay. So 15 minutes goes by and everybody's iPhone on the plane goes, mah, mah, because, as you know, Apple sends you when there's really bad weather alerts. Tornado warning. Not watch. Warning. And I'm reading it. Guys, I don't know shit about Chicago. Okay, so it lists, like, the the areas, right? Yeah. And I'm like, oh, shit, hopefully, like, nobody's, you know, hopefully those are, like, not in downtown. That'd be crazy. 
So I'm texting Ian and I'm like, oh my God, like there's tornadoes in the area. Like we're, you know, there's lightning near us. So we're right. in line, right? I had no idea, guys. The pilot comes back on and goes, hey guys, we're going to turn off. We're going to lock the wheels and turn off the engine um, because, because of this weather. He, and he was so calm. Never trust a fucking pilot. Never again. <laughs> so calm. And he's just like, yeah, um, we have to lock down to keep our place in line. We can't move because it would mess up the order. And they actually just evacuated the air traffic control tower. So we just have to like wait here until they're coming back. Like it shouldn't be too long. You know, it's a quick moving storm. It's there's a lot of lightning. Pretty cash. Yeah. Casual. Right. So like in my head, I was like, man, I don't think I've ever heard of air traffic control getting evacuated. Like that's kind of crazy, but okay. You know, trust the calm pilot. Meanwhile, Ian's texting me and I was, and I'm getting like news alerts of like tornadoes touching down in Chicago. (laughs) Again, I don't know any of the area names. So I'm just like, Oh, Okay. And, like, I didn't have great signal out on the tarmac. You know, the further out on the tarmac, your yeah. signal starts to get shitty. So I was like, oh, like, I'm getting intermittent things. I'm getting some texts from Ian, and he's just like, oh, God, yeah, like, because I'm texting him, like, oh, my God, there's tornadoes. This motherfucker goes, oh, yeah, and I, I was like, I thought I saw something about, like, an airport, like, one near an airport. And he goes, oh, yeah, that's it's going towards Midway. It's, like, headed towards Midway, the other Chicago airport, which is, like, <laughs> the other side of the city. Cute. So I was like, I was like, oh, Okay. The guy, I was in the aisle, the guy at the window is like, oh, I don't want people to freak out. So he puts our window shade down. I'm like, bitch, at least let me watch this. I love storms. So I'm like, oh, I want to watch this. So I can't see what's going on outside. Um, the air, the the stewardesses are also like, they're sitting, but they came on the intercom and they're like, oh, you know, like, um, just to like conserve, like, so heat doesn't get in, like, put your shields down. <laughs> guys, guys, um. And I think I said this to, like, the group chat. I literally almost got tossed around like a like a Pringle, like the last Pringle in a can, essentially. Because, um, as you may know, um, and if you don't, here you go. Um, no, there were multiple tornadoes literally touching down and, like, skipping around O'Hare. Like, literally, there's TikToks. I sent it to the group chat, and Madison was like, what the fuck? Yep. Of, like, it literally touching down, and it's touching down right next to tarmacs. Like, there's planes in this TikTok. And it was, like, an airline worker huddled up. Now... Apparently, that is standard procedure to just leave you on the plane in the middle of a tarmac. Because I guess they're like, if we let you run, are you going to make it? Like, you know, like, not everybody can run that because it's pretty far out. Like, what else are you going to do? Fair. But yeah. 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 So I made it home. Uh, Obviously, that was a long delay. I finally, you know, (laughs) landed at like midnight after being at the airport since like noon. So that was fun. But yeah, so that's how I almost died. But anyways, all of that was uh, from the story of basically like Mads and I are stupid busy. And it's sad. It's so, really sad. It's really sad. Um, we both have vacations coming up, thank God, though. Um, thank God. So, without further ado, though, social media, Mads, what's the... What's the- ACOTR podcast, Breathless Lit PA, we all fucking over it. We're all over it. We're all over it. Guys, I'll eventually get back with, like, some normal schedule for streaming as well. I apologize for that. Now... My um, Instagram shout out is uh, an artist who is fantastic fourth wing, fantastic um, SJM, all of the art. No, I did it because uh, it was like yesterday or today, earlier today, I can't remember the days are blending. She posted a beautiful picture of a very sad rune Dannon after, you know, that was in your stories, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Wasn't that the way she, oh, um, so this artist is s.cedel.art. So it's S-E-I-D-E-L dot art. 
Um, another just fantastic artist. Um, no AI, just no AI. Normal. Um, just beautiful art. So definitely, uh, check, check out the page and, uh, give them a follow. Um, Patreon shout out is, uh, Chelsea Spanks. Uh, she won our, uh, second, second quarter Q2, whatever we're calling it, uh, book challenge. Um, so we're, uh, she's getting, and she picked, uh, Sophie Lark's Anastasia as her prize that we're sending her. So, so like, I'm not, uh, was excited. I was so excited. Um, as a reminder, we do quarterly book challenges for our Patreon community for, uh, the book club level and up. Um, we give you three prompts. You have to read a book that fits each prompt. You post a picture and a review of it. Um, and it's really fun is like, it helps other people in the community find books to read or like somebody else has read it. And then we start like mini discussions about the books. I really, it's, it's, I found books through it, like that people have posted. And I'm like, oh shit. Um, so that's just another little perk of our Patreon, just saying. Um, and then we have book club coming up by the time this drops, it'll be next Sunday, July 23rd at 8 PM Eastern. We're discussing fourth wing by Rebecca Yaros. We have a very special guest. Um, we're super excited. Um, obviously we already had a strong contention of patrons that like loved the book anyways. And now we've brought other people in and everybody's loving it. And I'm just like, yes, spread the obsession. <laughs> so. Um, and then we will be back on um, Thursday with a very fun author episode. So uh, be prepared for that. That's going to be exciting. I'm super excited. I'm so excited. Um, and I think that's all I've got for now, right? Yeah, we don't have anything. Yeah. So that, uh, that should be it. So um, as always, guys, we hope you have a great uh, start to your week. And cheers to our high fae bays. Bye.